Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Okay, you guys, here we go. This is the Kern River Fly Shop Podcast. I'm your host, Guy Jeans, podcasting directly from the Kern River Fly Shop in Kernville, California. On this podcast, we discuss everything outdoors. We talk about conservation, music, and life. This episode is brought to you by Sims Fishing Products, Fish It Well, Reddington Fly Rods, Find Your Water, Rio Lines Leaders and Tippets, Make the Connection, and Costa Sunglasses, whose frames are made from recycled nets to help protect our oceans. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's do this! Yeah, yeah. Hey, you guys, it's Guy Jeans. And I'm with the Kern River Fly Shop pros, Chiaki Harami, Sergio Martinez, and Dane Varner. What's up, guys? Hey. How's everyone doing? What's going on? Right on. Good to have you guys here. And this is a, a showcase to kind of have people that are out there um, to get to know you guys. So here we go. You guys ready? God help us all. All right. <laughs> yeah, we're ready. So I get asked uh, from time to time, you know, how, how does somebody become a Kern River Fly Shop Pro? And I, I thought about that for a, a little bit. And, um, you know, what makes a, a Kern River Fly Shop Pro is um, one is, is personality. And we know that you guys have some personalities going on. Um, another one is integrity these are all you know um you know pretty cool uh uh, characteristics that you guys have selflessness you know um being able to uh do things and not expect anything back you guys are all uh all selfless for sure um number uh, four you guys are ambassadors uh, not only for the current river fly shop but you guys are ambassadors for the sport of fly fishing and um you guys are friendly to everybody and number five all three of you guys have no ego and that's one of the characteristics 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 that i like about you guys number six is you guys are community oriented meaning that you guys do a lot for the community. Um, Sergio being, you know, for the search and rescue. Chiaki definitely, you know, does a lot for the community and so do you, Dane. Um, number uh, seven, this is a pretty important one, is that um, you guys don't really talk smack about too many people. And I, and I appreciate that. You know, there's no disparaging remarks towards anyone. You guys are always pr- really positive. Um, number eight, you guys are approachable by anybody and anybody can come up to you guys and talk to you guys and you guys are always willing to talk to them and and uh, help them and you know get better at, at fly fishing and uh, to me that's uh, you know all three of you guys have that that quality and, and I'm proud to have you guys representing the fly shop and not only the fly shop but the sport of fly fishing um, in the years that I've known you guys, you guys have created a lot of smiles for a lot of people and um, a lot of happiness. And uh, that's one of the reasons why 
I believe that you guys are some of the Kern River Fly Shop pros. Any comments on that, you guys? Oh, thank you, guy. <laughs> thank yeah, you very that, much. I appreciate that. Feels good, that. doesn't it? I yeah, it sure it does. Feels really good. Yeah, and someone chopping onions in here, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but let's talk about uh, how you guys uh, met and how how we met and that sort of thing. We'll start with Chiaki. Go for it, Chiaki. Okay. Uh, you know, it, it was probably about close to twenty years ago. That we, wow. Guy and I, we actually met in this room right here at the fly shop in the original uh, fly shop room here with the fireplace and everything. That's right. Uh, what happened is I read an article about Guy in one of the Ventura papers. and Really? The, the article, yes. The oh. article was about uh, the cost of housing in Ventura County and about this fly fishing dude that came up to the Kern River and, and started making a, a presence made, doing guide trips and all that kind of stuff. And what I, after I read the article, I said, hey, I, I want to meet this guy. So I contacted my cousin Zeno. And w when I talked to him, he said, yeah, I just had dinner with the uh, guy. He was a oh, speaker right. at, yeah. at our club mm -hmm. at, at the Downey Fly Fishers. Uh -huh. And that following weekend, we, we uh, booked Guy, and um, he took us out. We had a great time, and I caught some fish, and uh, it, it, it just continued from there. You know what? I remember, we, I think we went up to Salmon Creek. Yep. And uh, I took you guys there, you and your cuz, and... <laughs> My first, my first impression of his Chiaki running down with a fish on, running down the river, with while he's hooked up, and the water was pretty big, mm -hmm. if it I was. remember correctly. Yes. And you're running down, and you have a fish on, and have you ever fished the Kern before? No, that was oh, the first time. So weak. That, that was, I was the a very rock star guide that day. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember, I remember you were running down. You had a that was a pretty nice fish on, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was a good fish. Yeah. Cool. But, but the thing was, I saw you running down the river with your net, and I thought you were running on top of the water, going going to net the fish. That's my younger days, bro. <laughs> the billy goat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So what about you, Sergio? How did that? How did we meet? It, or how did you get associated with this place? So I, I moved to Bakersfield in 2004, and I think it was like 05 or 06. Came up to the Upper Kern, and, you know, I didn't know what fly fishing was, and here I am, salmon eggs, lures, and all that kind of stuff. And you always see this fly guy, just not necessarily you, but the fly fishing people just crushing the fish. And here you are right next to the guy trying to catch the same kind of fish, and you're like, what are they doing differently that I'm not doing right? So I came in here and same thing, fireplace is going on. Yeah. This is the original spot here. And I, th I, th I think you were here. And I mean, it's just, it was you, dude. <laughs> yeah. So these guys are talking about um, uh, originally uh, the fly shop was in next door to, we're actually in the school now. But the fly shop was in where the school is, where the fireplace was, and it was just a little tiny, little tiny thing. You know, I don't know how many square feet this is. Six hundred. Barely turn around. Yeah, and it and it was just packed with stuff. <laughs> you could barely move around, and then we we eventually moved into the the bigger space. Um, but yeah, man, I've met a lot of friends in this in this building for sure. What about you, Dane? How, what was our first meeting? 
same thing in this uh -huh. in this building here. Yeah. Um, it was because of my dad and his mm -hmm. friends, Skip Barnes, shout out. Um, they'd take me as a young kid up here. Like Sergio said, I didn't know anything about fly fishing really, but they did apparently, you know, and I was, I was kind of jealous of that. Like, I want to figure this out or learn it, you know, yeah. and they'd take me up here and I would kind of stand behind them like a little shadow, kind of scared and, you know, timid like. And I met you as a young kid up here in this building. And uh -huh. I think the register was right yeah, that's right, right, right? Yeah. right behind us. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three customers in here. It was shoulder to shoulder. You know? <laughs> but uh, that was like the first time I'd saw you or met you. You know, I was right. like, oh, that's oh, OK. OK, cool. All mm -hmm. right. And then ever since, you know, I just kind of clicked. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. All of us here. Really? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about your guys' history of fly fishing. When did you start fly fishing Chiaki and how did that all go down? 1912. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it was about 20 years ago, and mm -hmm. um, I, I went to Montana on a trip, and a friend of mine, uh, yeah, uh, come up, yeah. friend there of mine, uh, <coughs> good friend was a guide up there, fished the Yellowstone for a few days, and that got me hooked, mm -hmm. and then I started coming up to the Kern after booking you for that one day, mm -hmm. and... Uh, I've been hooked ever since, and I've met a lot, a lot of good friends through fly fishing. Right? Insane, Absolutely. Huh? Yeah, it's absolutely insane, and these are lifetime good friends. Uh, there's, there's no other sport that can <clears throat> provide this, this type of uh, feeling and relationships yeah. around. It, yeah. it's, it's just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, what about you, dude? Is it just... You did, just about the same. Oh five, oh six. 06, I started fly yeah. fishing. One of my good friends, uh, he was a guide in the Eastern Sierras, and he pretty much kind of... My first time fly fishing was in the in the East Walker. Is he still guiding over there? No, he's not guiding anymore, but it was in the East Walker. Mm -hmm. And I remember him catching... It was like a you know, 22, 24-inch rainbow mm -hmm. out of the East Walker. I'm like, holy cow. You know, the East Walker's not that big, but it's pretty deep, and... Ever since then, uh, came back, brought that same info here to the upper current, and ever since then, just pretty much been hooked. Mm -hmm. It's it's an addiction. And you do oh, yeah. the same thing, or first time? Uh, yeah. fir first time? Yeah. It would be probably like June Lake up there, you know, uh -huh. uh, all the lakes up in Mammoth area with Dad and our friends and whatnot floating. I didn't realize though that th there was like multiple ways of fly fishing, right? That was the only way I knew. So, oh, okay. And then coming here and fishing this river is completely different to a lot of places. I mean, yeah. it, it really is. It's yeah. so unique in its own right. And yeah. like you said, it's kind of addicting. Like, let's figure this out. Let's let's make it work. I want to I want to hone this right. Yeah. yeah. Um, years ago. Yeah. I mean, how many years ago do you think that was? I was probably eleven or twelve. Okay. When they started taking me. So have you been fly fishing ever since ever then? Since, yeah. Okay. I, I literally don't even remember how to work conventional stuff. Like, I look at a bait caster. I'm like, I don't even want to touch that thing. Bird nest coming. I don't even want to touch it. It's going to happen. You know what I mean? So in the last 20 years, have you guys seen an increase in fly fishing, do you think? Or do you think that it's kind of just been holding out and kind of in that, you know, kind of stable stage, you know, there? or are you seeing an increase in, in fly fishing? 
you know, I, I think about 20 years ago, it was right after the movie came out, the river, river runs through it, mm-hmm. and everyone was talking about, let's go fight fly fishing. Yeah. And I've seen a, a slow decrease in the popularity. But I think recently, I think especially among the, the young women, uh, that is the, gr- the fastest growing segment in fly fishing right now. And I, why is that? Do you think? You know, they're they're becoming on their own, and uh, they they truly like the independence of it, and uh, they're just getting into the outdoors a lot more. And I, I think that they're they're finding the enjoyment out of fly fishing, just like the rest of us do, and it, it's just exploding. And yeah. I think, you know, and that's the reason why. They're the, the fastest growing segment in fly fishing. So um, do you want to mention like what's going on with the Southern Sierra Fly Fishing Club and, and the Women's Day? That's a pretty good segue right there. Don't you oh, think? yeah. Yeah. yeah that was a good <laughs> Absolutely. One. Yeah, sure. yeah. What's going on with that? Now, I happen to be the president of the, of the Southern Sierra Fly Fishers, and we are going to have a women's program. We call it the Slain Fly Gals Weekend, and it's going to be held September 25th and 26th. And we're it's coming we're, up. Yep, it's coming up soon, and we're going to be taking sixty women. And sixty. Sixty, and good we, we probably you. only have spots for a little bit more than 10, 10 women. So uh, hopefully, wait, we've got fifty people. 50 close, women. We're, we're in the high forties already. Yeah, close, Dang. close to fifty. And if if there's any women out there that would love to fly fish, learn how to fly fish. Uh, this is an excellent opportunity to, to do that. So what do they? What are these women going to learn when they come to this uh, this day of fly fishing up here? This is a beginner's class, and mm-hmm. we've got different stations set up where they're going to learn about casting, entomology, knots, uh, conservation is a big one, and fishing equipment. And conservation included in there is going to be. Uh, etiquette, which is very important uh, when you're out there fly fishing. So they're going to do casting. So they're going to have casting instructors there teaching how to cast. And then what what is entomology? <laughs> entomology is uh, basically the the study of the the bugs that we find in the river, uh-huh. and that's what the trout feed on. So okay. basically, what we try to do is is match the hatch, as they say. Mm-hmm. And we, oh, fly tying is another one that's that's very popular, and we're going to be doing that as well. Uh, so they, these these women are going to learn how to make their own flies and then be able to fish with them. Basically, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And okay. Go, the, and the, go the, catch. Yeah. 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 The first day is is going to be all classes, and they're going to have a great time. Uh, we've got excellent instructors and. Um, on Sunday, the 26th, September 26th, we'll be taking them out on the water, and each one will have a uh, kind of a mentor, so to speak, and they'll be out there actually fishing in the water, mm-hmm. um, catching fish. That's that's what we did a uh, couple of years ago, the last time we had it. So how do these women sign up for this Oh, that's Women's v- Day? Very simple. There's no fee for the class, and... Basically, all you have to do is be a member of Southern Sierra Fly Fishers, and the the membership fee is only twenty five dollars for the whole year. 
uh, you become a member and you can enroll into the class and th that's it. So I'm, I want to get this straight. So they get all that stuff for $25. Yep. That's, that's it. What a rip off. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's awesome about the class is year after year, yeah. last year we didn't have it because of, you know, COVID and everything, but year after year, we're seeing a huge increase in the numbers of participants. Mm -hmm. What's cool about it. It's, it's, for women, well, it's for women taught by women, so it's pretty cool in that aspect there. Uh -huh. And one of the cool things that we do is start it off with, we start off with yoga. That's right. That's right. It's pretty uh -huh. cool. Yeah. Uh, Celine a little stretching in. was the one that uh, came up with that, mm -hmm. and then we jump into the, uh, into the instruction portion of it, and then the mentor day the following day. So why is this called the Celine Fly Gals Weekend? So Celine, uh, she wanted to see an increase in women fly fishing, and she saw a void that there wasn't anything for women up here. And mm -hmm. she put out a, a fly gals weekend one day. And, you know, I, I don't know how many we started off with 30, 40. Yeah, we started with 30. She asked me, Chiaki, can, can you put a, a women's clinic together? And yeah, that's what we did. We, we had excellent instructors, um, very well-known instructors in, in Southern California. And and it's it's grown since then we had 30 women and now we're up to 60. we've had uh, a couple of years ago we had women signing up from uh, dallas texas uh, from denver uh, tahoe area and this year awesome. yeah this year we have people from the sacramento area down to Sa uh, san diego well, that's in, that's incredible and so it's on september 25th and september 26th and it costs $25 and they can sign up on the Southern Sierra Fly Fishing website, which is what? SSFFCLUB.org, uh, okay. Southern Sierra Fly Fishers Club.org. .org. And yep. they can do, do all the signing up and everything on that website. Yes, you can pay for your membership on the, on the website as well as signing up for our women's clinic. Is there any other uh, clubs that are doing any uh, women's days or anything like are any uh, other fly gal weekends in Southern California? Is there any other clubs doing that? Uh, I'm working with some of the other clubs. Uh, we're, we're hoping to have something down in San Diego, uh, something over in Riverside and Pasadena uh, casting club will also start up their women's program again as well. So nice. um, it, it's, I'm working with all the clubs and I'm telling them there's a huge need uh, that needs to be filled, uh, teaching all the young women and some of them a little bit, you know, a little bit more mature, uh -huh. but it, it is definitely the fastest growing segment in fly fishing. Why do you think that it is so popular here in this area of all places? I mean, we're so far away from any metropolitan area. So why, why is it so popular here? I don't understand. I don't think that you're that far away, though. Yeah. I mean, it's the closest thing to, to the mountains or to the real deal outdoors, you right. know, experience you can want to get, right? Uh -huh. um, I think that's why a little bit, you know, of so? attractant. Maybe. What do you think, yeah. I, I think part of it is, um, you know, Dane's correct. We have the river right here, mm -hmm. and a lot of the other clubs uh, are away from the water somewhat. Uh, we happen to be very fortunate to have the Kern River right here. And I think that's a big piece. 
The other side of it is this is our, let me think, fourth or fifth year that we're, we're doing this. Mm -hmm. So we've got a, a strong foothold in, in the community and we do a, a pretty good job of advertising our program. I think also, hate to say this, but on the, the Google search engine, yeah. we've, we've got a lot of hits and I, I think we're pretty high up there. Uh -huh. um, the, the, the lady from Denver, um, she just Googled uh, women's fly fishing and we came up? classes and I think we're at the top of the list. Nice. So that's you know, interesting. You know I didn't know that. You yeah. know who's rocking it with the uh, social media is Annalisa. She's she's tearing it up, isn't she? Oh, absolutely. She yeah. is just doing a bang up job. Yeah. Uh, there's probably no one better than her, and uh, she really connects with the women. Uh huh. And and that's the other side of it. She's got such a, a warm, pleasant uh, personality mm -hmm. that that just attracts attracts the women the you social know, media aspect is just so huge yeah that's uh, another thing yeah. people that have taken the class last year the year before you know word of mouth gets out hey you should mm -hmm. do this class and sure enough, gram. Yeah. did it for the gram so yeah. are there any women that have taken the class in prior years that have progressed in the fly fishing world is there any names that you can i can say one right here yeah my wife oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah she took, yeah she took she, it huh? she did yeah. absolutely and loved it yeah absolutely loved it yeah, yeah. Yeah, th there's actually, uh, we have a, I mean, someone yeah. that, that took the class uh, a few years ago and she's coming back and actually being an instructor. Nice. Uh, we have other women that uh, just telling their friends about what, you, yeah. what a great uh, clinic it is. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're coming back with a bunch of their friends. Uh, you know, there's, the, there's these two Annas. <laughs> <laughs> And they're they're coming back and bringing their friends. It's pretty it's cool, cool to see that. Yeah, it really is. Marisol took the class uh, two or three years ago, four years ago. When it actually she was part of the first one. Now she's organizing the event. Yeah, that's cool. That's she's done a great awesome job to see too. That when they go through the class and now they're instructing or helping, that's just that's awesome. Well, and carrying that torch, you know. Oh yeah. So we got we cool got a, a a lady too that um, didn't she just make the. The U.S. women's fly fishing team, or something? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Leslie Smith. Mm -hmm. She just shout out to Leslie. Oh yeah, yeah right. absolutely. Good for her, man. Yeah. Right on. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah, so. she she's been one of our instructors, and uh, she has made the first women's fly fishing team representing the USA. How That's cool is that? Way cool, man. Right on. Rad for her. Yeah. So what else uh, is going on since we're on the club subject? What else is going on that uh, that you'd like to announce, Chiaki? Because there's a really big one coming up in oh, yeah. uh, October, in October man, and, and everybody needs to know about that one. Oh, yeah, that, that's I heard our... there's some good bands playing oh. at that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, something about something. <laughs> some fly or something. Or something. <laughs> yeah, a little, yeah. Yeah, so what we're talking about is the California Fly Fishing Open Tournament. Mm -hmm. It's going to be held September, uh, October 9th, yep. and it is a five-man team. Uh, last year, we had 17 teams uh, representing various clubs and just people getting together as friends, and it, it's an absolutely great day. Uh, the morning, we start off in the fly fishing tournament aspect of it, and then in the afternoon, everyone comes back. We've got vendors. 
And always have to have raffles when you get fly fishing people together. Party. Party, uh-huh. absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, no surveys us. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jockey <laughs> promised a unassisted keg stand this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've got some uh, adult beverages going on. And uh, Freddie from... Um, Fresno is he, is... he signed up again? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. What up, Freddy? Hey, trooper. Trooper. Freddie. Absolutely. What do you call those those tri-tips he does in those 50-gallon... <laughs> yeah. He has a name for it, right? Yeah. Like, doesn't he? I, 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 the paper barrels he, he smokes yeah, them? Yeah, those things. Yeah. yeah. He puts those, his meat in, like, uh, big barrels and smokes yeah, them all day. Yeah, he has a little custom thing going yeah. on. It's pretty cool to watch. It's delicious. It bomb. It's yeah, delicious. It really shout out to Freddie. So shout out to Freddie. Freddie and the boys put on a great... Freddie and the boys do go. a great barbecue. Oh, yeah. Is there is there music at this event? Absolutely. Oh, who's playing uh, at this thing? <laughs> Some dude is playing. Yeah. We have two bands. Yeah. Uh, the first one is Par Avion nice. with, with Bernard and Rebecca Yen. And yeah. they usually have a guest drummer. Last year we had uh, uh, Dusty Watson, who who was a, uh, a drummer for Dick Dale. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they, they just jam with the surf tunes. Absolutely really great. Yeah. And that's followed up by none other than the Stoneflies. Oh, yes. <laughs> I heard about those guys. You know, I, and you know, know. you know, Bernard uh, sometimes sits in with the Stoneflies at that event. You know, oh, I'd be yeah. super stoked if he yep. does that again, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. He, he is just a phenomenal guitar player. Absolutely phenomenal. We need a guitar player in our band. <laughs> has so. he, has he, He's hired. Has he stood in with you guys and played? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, he, he just... What, what are the chords? Okay, cool. Let's, let's do it. Oh, AC. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's pretty awesome. And and this year also, we have CC Rubin that's that's going to be sitting in uh, with Bernard and also hopefully with uh, the Soneflies. You mean CC the saxophone player? Yes. Oh. CC the saxophone player. She's been on the Tonight Show jamming with her sax. Wow. Okay, so this whole event, the California Fly Fishing Open, is going on October 9th. It's a, a five-person team um, event where the best, how many fish, how does it work out? How it, does that? It's, it goes by cumulative inches, I believe. Okay. And um, uh, we just add up everyone's score, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's an absolutely fun day. Uh, what we do is we'll have trophies, and also we'll have Olympic-style medals to award. Uh, we'll have the silver uh, uh, gold, silver, and bronze medals for nice. first, second, and, and third place teams. Okay, so um, these teams, the the amount of fish total inches is the winner. Yes, is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so no, no, like five, best five fish is just a matter of Cumulative total inches. inches. Okay, yeah, right, and that was my okay. be my question was: cool. Are you guys going to give out the measuring devices? Yeah, and, uh, like okay, yeah, yeah. Right. We'll, we'll be asking people to, br- to bring their uh, tape measures. Okay. And then, do you guys have uh, prizes for like other creatures that are in the river, or any other kind of species, or anything, or is it just all trout? It's Crayfish don't count, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Cur- currently, it is trout, but uh-huh. we're we're also looking to the future for uh, ex- expanding our tournament. I I believe this year, if we can get five women uh, teams together that we will have a women's division. Okay. Uh, this thing has, we're going into, gosh, what is it? The fourth or fifth year on this? Last year we did virtual because of uh, yeah, whatever was going on. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's growing numbers year after year. 
uh, one other aspect of that is the uh, trash pickup too. Oh yeah. Sure. yeah, what's that all about? So aside from fish too, we're also a club that likes to take care of our river and likes to help out uh, some other organizations here in the river as well. But uh, you get a bag of trash, we'll count it as a couple fi- couple fish there, a couple points. Oh, is that what that's all about? Yeah. Extra credit, bro. Okay. <laughs> brownie, so brownie points. Are you guys going to be in it, or how's that going to work out? Uh, fish Whistlers are defending champions, so mm-hmm. well, I don't know. We might have to defend our medals there. <laughs> yeah, they were, huh? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Awesome. No, not fair. So <laughs> where have you guys been fishing lately? Let's talk about that. Chiaki? Well, I, I've been fortunate enough to be fishing the Missouri River <laughs> in, in, uh, out of Craig, Montana. Wow. It, it's just an unbelievable river. Uh, I have a friend, Steve Terui, who just puts this trip Shout together. Out to Steve. Absolutely. He, he arranges know. everything, and all I do is just show up. And uh, it, it's a great river, uh, dry fly nymphing everything uh it's a river that has when, when i first started i've been doing this for five years and it's a river with when i first started it was uh, eight thousand fish per mile and it, it's it's a wide wide the typical big big river in in montana so uh, i was fortunate enough to get invited to go on this trip with Chiaki, and i guess one of their friends dropped out so Last resort. Let's let's ask Guy if he'll he'll go on that. And of course, Guy w- went, and so uh, I had never been there before. Um, and they picked me up from the airport, and then they drove to this little small town called Craig, um, Montana. And you know, being a fly shop owner, I didn't understand how there could be three fly shops right next door to each other and survive. So they have three three fly shops there and a bar. And some other cabins and stuff. Yeah. Shout out right? to Joe's Bar. Yeah, is that what it is? Right on. Joe's Bar, bro. Yeah, the bar is, bar is classic, man. We'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. So um, so I was like, how do these people survive three fly shops right next door to each other? I was like blown away. So the next morning, we didn't we meet our, our guides there? Or we, we went out with a couple <laughs> guides and we met there. And then I was like, oh, I see. That's how these guys survive. I mean, there was so many guides and boats and stuff. People. and couldn't believe it um and it it was amazing how many people how many guides there are for one but the the interesting thing is there's so many fish it doesn't matter there's just you're drifting down the river and there's 20 inch fish everywhere it was it was an amazing trip i had a great time caught some really nice uh fish on dry flies that's for sure sounds so rough yeah, it was rough. We stayed in this house that was, how many square feet is that bottom house? It's, huge. It's a, it's a huge place, absolutely. Then, then my buddy Dane and his cousin stayed above us in another 3,000 square foot house on top of ours, which had like um, 15 bedrooms or something. <laughs> no, you know, I, 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 you know, the yeah. bottom house was packed already. Yeah. Uh, all that was left was yeah. upstairs. Yeah. I mean, I had to put it somewhere. Closer. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. it was. It's yeah. a nice place. I mean, yeah. you check it out. Yeah. Yeah, the Missouri River is a special, yeah. special place. And, and Craig especially, you know. I've never seen a place where there's more drift boats than there is people, right? And that's the place <laughs> to see that, obviously. And we all know this. And the hatches, the bugs. I mean, it's insane. I mean, it is what us as a fly fisher men or yeah. women or whatever person um 
wants to see and be at and experience. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Put, put that on your bucket list. Just oh, for sure. go to Montana and put that place up there. You know, they call it, uh, you, I mean, you could nymph there and catch fish all day if you wanted mm-hmm. but the kind of the cool thing to do is fish dry flies to the, the fish coming up and eating on the surface mm-hmm. they call it head hunting you know the guides will ask you do you want a nymph or do you want a head hunt and of course you know we're we're gonna you know well, what me I'm and Chiaki, me well, and Chiaki were on a with a guide and we head hunted quality or quantity you know what I mean yeah, yeah. You, you want it numbers was, or, you it was know, pretty cool yeah and their and their technique that they do which is really cool is they'll they uh put the boat in position upstream of the fish and then put the anchor down and then you do a reach cast and drift the fit the fly into the fish and that's kind of a interesting technique you know good float um, good float good float yeah so you got to get a good presentation and it's constantly changing sometimes they're taking the spinner sometimes they're taking the emerger sometimes they're taking the done so the guides are working real hard trying to change the flies up and and seeing what's going on out there for sure we also uh took a day and went over and fished the blackfoot which i enjoyed a lot it's very similar to the current looks like the current up in the high country um pocket water um they actually take drift boats down the the river um which is a pretty amazing um and it's it's amazing fishing so the guy gets in uh in the boat and i'm fishing with the guy who wants to nymph the whole time yes <laughs> And he's in the front of the boat. What was his name again? Matt? Yeah, yeah that, that's Ma- right. Oh, Matt. Just, yeah, uh, Matt wanted to... We, yeah, we, yeah, he likes to nymph uh, pretty much the whole time. And then the guide's all, hey, um, uh, guy, do you want to um, you want strip streamers? I'm like, absolutely. So he, I was on the back of the boat casting at a 45-degree angle mm-hmm. upstream and then mending so the fly would actually go right parallel to the, to the bank. And I was just lighting it up with a big yellow chartreuse looking type of a bug. It was amazing. And I had, I had the best time ever just doing that. It was, it was awesome. Caught a bunch of big, uh, I don't know, 18, 20 inch uh, rainbows up there. Um, stripping streamers, man, right off the bank. Pretty cool. That sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. So that the, the thing about Montana was, um, you know, we stayed in this beautiful house. Um, we, we stayed right on this beautiful the missouri river amazing i mean you know a fly fisher's paradise for sure and then and then we uh would drive over to the blackfoot and i don't know how many streams we passed on the way man and i'm like well what about that stream what about that stream oh we're, we're going over here what about that stream and it's just like endless it's it's a pretty amazing beautiful place had a great time and so we so it didn't get dark till 10 right right yep. so it didn't get dark till 10 so we'd come back and i don't would get we get back at five or six grub and then i'd go back out and fish until dark which was like 10 oh yeah and which i watched was, you yeah <laughs> <laughs> i watched it right right from the um right in front of the house which was amazing as well um but i what a what a great trip oh, you know? absolutely it yeah. was it's uh a- it was a phenomenal time uh, the, the water was slow, but it just it meant there, there were more fish on top, and and it was just a great time. So a, I, I don't know if I got invited back again. Or... Oh, absolutely. Oh, sweet. <laughs> absolutely. At least you got the invite. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, there's I don't know if there's enough room. Yep. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, that's what I always hear. You can't stay up. Seat's taken. Can't sit here, man. <laughs> right. What about you? Have you, Sergio, have you so been fishing I, anywhere? Or? 
I didn't get the Montana memo. Yeah. But we just got back from fishing the Eastern Sierras. Uh, we fished uh, Hot Creek, the Upper O. Uh, we fished the San Joaquin, and we fished Crowley. Oh yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, you. Have, uh, yeah, so, right. uh, what about um, what's going on with like the San Joaquin? How's it looking? San Joaquin's always awesome. Is the water uh, level good and stuff? The water it was pretty healthy. You know, the uh-huh. water level was a little low, but uh-huh. you know, I'm How's still the temperature. I'm, I'm still nymphing. You know, yeah. you're never gonna change that. Here comes Sergio with the zero weight. <laughs> Nymphing awesome. flies there, but uh, it, it was cool. Was the water uh, cool up there? It was cool. Yeah, nice. What about did you did you fish the Owens too? Or? Did, we did fish the Owens, but I think we got more mosquitoes than actual fish. Uh-huh. There's so many different kind of bugs up there. It's just yeah. so crazy to see that all the bugs that are in the menu, and you're gonna try to replicate one of those bugs that are in the menu, and hopefully try to catch something. But you know, we we did catch a couple there. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, it's cool to see up there still. Yeah. And, and how was Crowley? Crowley, you know, when talking to the Bueller bros, you know, yeah. one thing about Crowley is one day it can be completely off. Mm-hmm. And there's a switch somewhere on that lake that they just hit and yeah. they turn it back on. And sure enough, the fish are on. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we fished out there. We were fishing in 30 plus feet of water. And when we went out to fish, we were fishing in 15 feet of water. And it was pretty gnarly, pretty crazy. We caught some nice fish. Um, that lake is just crazy. You can go out there and catch your personal best fish, release that fish, and then catch another one that beats that first one you caught. Yeah. It's, it's so addictive. And then you go home and you fall asleep and then you're still dreaming about that little in- indicator going down. <laughs> yeah. And it just haunts you. It's addictive. It's cool. That so, tug, dude, that tug. The tug is the drug. It's so fine. talk about how you're fishing in Lake Crawley. What are you guys doing? Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we're still water nymphing in, in, in Crowley. We're pretty much imitating some of the uh, mids that are down in the, you know, down in the bottom. It's all mud and fish are nosing down in, down there below. And it just depends. You can have your bugs a couple inches off the ground, a foot off the ground. You're trying to replicate. And another crazy thing about Crowley is a, the slightest color would make a huge difference. Is that right? Oh, yeah. You just change one little color on the dubbing or on uh-huh. something and it makes a huge difference or sometimes they don't even want to touch your bugs so um were you were you were finding them pretty deep when you guys were there or were when we went out there yeah it was pretty deep 30 feet of water which was pretty crazy to fish mm-hmm. you know 30 feet under an indicator which i thought more of a personal challenge but uh it was it was pretty cool uh-huh. and it's just pretty crazy 30 feet down they hit your bugs they come right out the water Pretty acrobatic. They're, they're pretty cool to pretty cool to catch. So you fished there, then you went to the San Joaquin, and you were nymphing mostly. What were you using when you were nymphing? Is it your all-time favorite? I, I nymph. I'm, you guys know about that. But uh, um, a couple of people we fished with, they were fishing dry flies. And what, were you using, what were you using? It's a top-secret fly. It's <laughs> <laughs> Who did better? Yeah, it's dry, like, dry. so, so top-secret. Yeah. No, I... You guys know what I fish with. You guys can come to the shop. They'll tell you what I fish yeah. with. It's pretty much soft tackle, pheasant tails. I love yeah. those damn things. They yeah. catch fish. The Sergio special. They, <laughs> yeah. they just work. They work time. anywhere, and it's crazy. Yeah. I went to Alaska, and I tried fishing with them. <laughs> how that work out for you? Oh, it didn't work out that yeah, way. Yeah, well, I could tell you that. It's a different kind of different kind of fishing out there. <laughs> beat yeah. up, bro. Beat up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hate to say that, but beat up. A lot. You do well. So, Dane, where, where have you been fishing lately? Oh, man, the lower. Uh, yeah? You know that. Yeah. Come on. When it starts to get hot and the uh-huh. water does its thing annually, annually, I, I yeah, you got to stay close, down uh-huh. low to Bakersfield, lower Kern. Uh, you're going to be successful for the bass. Uh-huh. Large, small mouth. Uh, you get cats in there, crappie. They do certain spots. Obviously, they they stock with trout, which don't last very long because those mm-hmm. bass were wanting to catch are gobbling them up, and so that's why we throw big fly streamers, etc., to try to replicate uh-huh. that, match the hatch, right? Uh, so talk about that. What what were you matching? How when what were you using? Oh yeah, so power. What, what'd you, what'd you yeah, see? Right? What'd you see down there? Sanko worms. <laughs> no, no. Uh, oh, dude, that, that's another thing about the lower current, depending on where you're at. So yeah. You know, we're like basically halfway, let's say halfway up the canyon of yeah. the 178 down to Bakersfield. Okay. Yeah. That'd be considered the lower, right? Yeah. In our, the lower current. In yeah. our fly fishery terminology, right? And it's such a cool place because there's so many animals and weird things that go on in there and things you don't see unless you're in that little section of water because it's so built up and, you know, there's there's houses and structures and fences and whatnot on on each side that these animals use that little river as a highway. So you see all these cool things as you're floating down. You're catching, like what? You're, yeah, right. 
I don't know. I what mean, have you seen? We've seen uh, you and I, and I've been with you seeing it, right? We can't talk about yeah, it on the podcast. There was, there was one day I'm floating with him, and I go, somebody's watching us. And he's like, what? And I go, dude, there's eyeballs. I can just feel it in the back of my skin, my neck. What is that? And I turn around, there's this coyote following us on the ridge line, And I'm not talking about for like maybe 50 yards. It went for like. He was following us, yeah. Yeah, like four football fields. This thing would like pop out and pop back in and check us mm-hmm. out and. It, it was crazy. And then another time, same thing. I'm like, there's something weird going on, man. And I look over at the bank, and there's a bobcat staring at us. And it's right <laughs> on the... It was yeah. trippy. I took yeah. pictures of it. And yeah. we spooked deer and all these wild... Big uh, bucks. Big, big deer. Yeah. yeah. It, it's really cool. And that is right in Bakersfield. And a lot of people don't know or realize Ooh, yeah. that it's right in our backyard. Yeah. I mean, we are on the fence of wildlife and us. Yeah. Are they encroaching or are we encroaching? I've kind seen, of a thing, I've you seen know? some bear it's, down there. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. It's yeah. nuts. And and in the meantime, we're just trying to hook some bass. All right. So uh, <laughs> back to the, uh, you know, it sounded like you were like imitating like crayfish or something yeah, at the time. We, so, so we were yeah. throwing, uh, at that time it was those real red crays, right? So we were uh-huh. throwing red cray patterns and then. Uh-huh. We were throwing white jawbreaker type stuff. And uh-huh. it, white. Was the white working for yeah, you? That worked. Uh-huh. The red cray. Um, and then also we were throwing like olive patterns, uh-huh. just different styles of olive, olive patterns, you know, and that was working as well. So we did pretty good. I mean, maybe it was just that day. I don't know. Were, but you, were you guys using uh, sinking leaders or just the weight of the fly? Yep, weight of the fly. Okay, so, and the, so cast, let it go, do, right. do its you know, marinate a little bit. Uh-huh. Have you done that with us? <laughs> and then uh, yeah. yeah, I do. We got to do that. It, it, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. And we kind of came up well, all the Bueller brothers, etc. whatever the smally snacks, right? Yeah. 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 That I'm telling you that it's so stupid. It works. Yeah. Hate to say it, but the, in the, in the, uh, game changers. Yes. Oh, yeah. game the, white, changers. the white game changers, white game changers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I went down there recently with uh, a buddy. He's, he's over there, a cameraman. Yeah, you already know what's up. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, can you yell out how good it was? It was amazing. <laughs> no, it's fire. It's fire. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I don't know if you guys could hear that, but he's all, it's amazing. It was amazing. But we had, uh, you know, one of those amazing smallmouth bass days. It was pretty cool. Just that section, though, man. I yeah. want to re- tell it again. I mean, it's just so cool it's right in our backyard 30 yeah. minutes out of town you feel like I mean, you're in the middle of the mountains which you kind of are it's i mean so cool i mean the whole the whole lower kern is kind of a kind and, of to me is kind of like an untouched fishery yeah. where you can you can catch largemouth and smallmouth mm-hmm. uh, especially this time of year so the upper kern for those of you guys that don't know you know we're experiencing some uh hoot owl hours you know the fish yeah. and wildlife are recommending that we're off the water by 12 noon and um, so fishing first light to 12 noon, and that is because of water temperatures. You know, rainbow trout have a hard time when the water temperatures get above 70 degrees if you're doing catch and release. So um, we are actually not fishing too much on the upper current right now. So um, a lot of our operations from our fly shop and the guides, um, we're all guiding down on the lower current for smallmouth and largemouth bass, which is sick. actually my favorite. <laughs> it's so cool. It's pretty awesome. They twisted your arm on that one, huh? Yeah. I mean, I, some guy came in the shop and, um, he was all, uh, I wanted to uh, book a guide trip. I'm like, Oh, cool. You know, I go, we're not really fishing the upper river. You know, you want to go fish the lower river for, for bass. And he's all, that sounds cool. I'm all, yes. 
so we went down there and converted and it was amazing they were like oh my god i had no idea that this this fishery was like this so it was, it mm -hmm. was pretty cool so um i was pretty stoked on that um so let's let's talk about the technique for the for the smallmouth. You know where you were fishing. I know where you were fishing. Yeah. We won't we won't tell people where we were fishing at exactly. But um, when you were fishing, were you casting down and across, or were you casting upstream? Were you using a uh, just a streamer only, or what were you doing? So we were throwing streamers basically only. Um, uh -huh. Supposedly, I'm going to go out tomorrow morning in the early, and, and we're going to try to catch the top water. I don't know if that's going to happen. That's but, awesome. Right? Um, if not, if you don't get there early or in the you know, evening time, whatever, uh, it, the dry, the popper style's off, right? So you got to get there at the time if you want the top water. If not, you're going low, and when you're going low, you're if you want to use sinking line, I guess you could, you know, like a med mediocre, immediate, you know. We just use our, our straight up floating lines and let the weight of the fly get us down, right? Mm -hmm. Which means you just gotta wait, what, a few more seconds, right? That's fine, strip, strip, strip. And you'll tell, right? And, and you know where I'm at. It's not much current, so you don't really, on the swing, it's not really there. Right. It's more or less cast the, this area, let it sink, strip, 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 three feet over, do the same thing, repeat, 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 move five feet, repeat, 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 you know? Okay. And, and that's kind of how we found out that it was working, be working best for us. Okay, cool. Doing, doing that, uh, you know. Right on. So we did a, a kind of an experiment. Uh, you know, the fishing was so good. We tried some different techniques down there on the lower. Yeah. And so we did um, uh, a popper with a dropper. We have not done that yet, and I want to. I just don't want to wad it up and burn it Have you ever done up. that? Oh. A popper with a dropper? No, I'm yeah, scared. I've heard of that one done, yeah. I'm going to wad it up. I know it. So you, you use a balanced leech, you know, underneath, so it's, mm -hmm. it stays all balanced and everything underneath your, your popper. Um, get off, you know, three, four feet underneath that and cast that right next to the bank. And then as you're drifting down, you know, your popper, if you get a really big popper that floats really good, and then you put down... Your, your balanced leech, or it could be a, a woolly bugger or anything else, right. underneath that, and then cast it right next to the bank and let the current take it down. It's deadly. I was but, like, and, I was blown you're, away. You're, you were lower than what I'm talking about. No, I, well, I did this also okay. uh, up, upstream as well. Gotcha. Um, and uh, it works really good, okay. you know, especially where there's a bunch of uh, rock faces and, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, drop-offs and stuff like that where the, f the fish might be suspended. Mm -hmm. It's kind of fun. So we did that. And then I was finding that the smallmouth were everywhere. You know, um, you know they say that if if it's you know very uncomfortable for humans, you know, 110 degrees is <laughs> right. what it's been, right? It's like the best smallmouth fishing. You know, water temperatures down there must have been 70, 75 degrees. You know this that we've yeah. gotten both yeah. in the last few years because yeah. we've been trying to figure it out right yeah in the last few years we had 50 50 right and yeah. then have you noticed that it went from 50 50 to like 60 40 or even more 70 you know what i mean like small mouth you mean yeah exactly yeah. last time it was 100 percent small. yes yeah, yeah. so i mean i caught uh i think i caught a couple of large mouth the last time i was on the lower but uh the other 50 <laughs> exactly right or small mouth yeah absolutely it's a, it's unbelievable. And did you notice too that certain sections of the river, yeah. sometimes it's like predominantly 
large mouth or then you can float down or float or whatever you know yeah. move 50 yards and then it'll all be small mouth it's, yeah there's certain sections certain sections of our river that are like kind of yeah hit or miss i mean like 50 50 or you can go in once 100 percent this or 100 percent that it's really weird how yeah. you, when you're floating through i you know one of the it's cool though one of the interesting things about smallmouth that i've found um on the lower kern is um you know once the temperature goes below 50 degrees for smallmouth it like seems like if things are starting to shut down um once it gets into the 40 degrees it's like you know where'd they go um but once it gets into that 70 degree range in into the 75 degree range it's pretty incredible but what was interesting you know the lower current has all these like uh shallow areas and then these like really cool shelves and drop-offs and um and then all those fish would be like in the in those shelves as you're floating down they were in the ambush water you know in the pockets and then we were also finding them in the super fast water which was a trip yep. like in trout water exactly you know what i mean and so casting down and across and letting it swing and then stripping it back huh jim it was awesome huh exactly. <laughs> and they're um, mean dude they're mean they're so fish. amazing i, they're, lo- they're I cool. love those guys yeah. you know they're not very big on the lower kern they fight like the devil though they do they absolutely fight amazing and it's a it's a lot of fun that's for sure um we were using um some of the game changers and stuff but i did see a lot of polywogs down there tons um, of them tons of them they're like four pound polywogs by the way yeah they're about that long and they're yeah huge sergio what what do you think is the 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 you know like the largemouth thing you know like in isabella and you know and in some of the lakes and stuff in in uh, Bakersfield, you know, what's up with that purple thing? What's going on with that, that purple color? What do you mm. think that is all about? You, I, I have no idea, to be honest yeah. with you, but for some reason, you know, we've we fished the lake quite a bit throughout the years, and we've just seen that purple, for some reason, just tends to work a lot uh-huh. better. Uh, the white, you know, works good, too. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, you can attest to this a couple of years, well, maybe 10 years ago, the shad populations were just right so huge. And they would just gorge on these shad. And same thing on the lower kern. When they were they would go down to Burrell, they would just get huge. I mean, you would catch football-sized trout that just sat there and kind of like Pac-Man, you know, just mm-hmm. ate the yeah. shad. But there's something about purple, not just in Lake Isabella, but even down in the lakes down in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. Purple seems to be a really good, uh, really good color. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's that Jimi Hendrix uh, influence. Purple haze, purple haze, man. Oh boy, yeah, right. Oh boy, purple so, haze or purple uh, rain depends who you ask. It's that, it's that Sanko worm, man. You gotta, right. You gotta dig that worm. So you know, I, I you guys know this, but uh, you know, this year I went down to Lake Backrack in Mexico and fished oh, for these yeah, giant yeah, giant yeah. monsters, right? And uh, it was pretty amazing. Um, the fly shop is kind of in the works of doing a lot more travel and stuff. Um, one of the trips that uh, we're talking about doing is going to Campeche yeah. with Dane over yeah. here um, to fly fish for baby tarpon. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, this is a few years back. My, uh, my pops uh, asked me to come with him on a trip. He's like, you want to go to Mexico? I said, let's go to Mexico. And I had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. And it was juvenile tarpon, baby tarpon and stuff. Snook, snapper, etc. And I met this guy who owns this lodge down there. His name's Puma, or his nickname is Puma. Victor is his first name. Uh, he's such a sweetheart of a man, nice guy. Love him to death. I mean, shout out to him because he's taken care of me many, many times. 
this place, if you want to go baby tarpon fishing, Mangrove King, check them out, uh, Campeche, Mexico, on the Yucatan Peninsula. It's it's a really, really cool trip. you got to put it on your bucket list, man. And he guy wants to go, and I think we can figure that out. And maybe y'all can come with us yeah. eventually in the future, you know, so, That's hopefully. So talk about, like, where, where you fly from into. Like, okay. where do you, we're talking about yeah, that. Yeah, so you, you leave from LAX, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexico City, Mexico City to Campeche, or uh, Mexico City to Merida. But if you go to Merida, he has to drive another like 30 minutes to an hour, I think it is, 45, let's just say 45 minutes to be yeah. in the middle um, to get you. If you flew into Campeche, he can get you right there. You're at the, the lodge. It's just so much more convenient for you, him, and everybody involved. And like I said, it's, it's LA, Mexico City, Mexico City to Campeche. It's pretty so, simple flight. It's so where, goes. where is Campeche? Is it like on the Atlantic side? Is it where, yeah, where is Cam- it? Campeche is on the Yucatan Peninsula. Kind of, it'd be, I have to look at a map right now, but it, it would be like on the, if you look at the horn, right? It'd be on like the west coast, like almost northwest okay. of the Yucatan, basically, I think, would, okay. which what you would call it i have to look at a map again but so um and, and don't they have like mayan yeah stuff going that's on? what i was gonna say yeah. man it's so cool because like there's so many ruins and like all these pyramids and temples and things that are like just getting discovered i don't know if you guys anybody out there like follows you know other podcasts and stuff talking about the the aliens or whatever you know <laughs> the, the mayan temples and stuff but i swear the, it, it's there man it's it's yeah. a trip it's a trip to see what they have done long time ago in this ancient civilization and we're just in there throwing flies muscas yeah you know, I muscas. Mean, yeah yeah it's true so okay so you go you get there then you go to the lodge and then uh you hang out and then the next morning he takes you yeah to, yeah, and yeah. He, t- and talk about that yeah so you come to the lodge and his wife will make a bomb meal for you you know she's a great chef uh, when you say bomb, what does that mean? That means great food. Man. <laughs> I mean, but like what? What I'm, is it? Well, you know me. I'm, I'm a pretty picky eater. Yeah. I eat like a bird, man. So <laughs> this lady makes some grub, dude. Yeah. She puts like, it down. Are we talking like, you know, like lizard or? No, you know, it's, what, what it's we, all we, fresh seafood. Like Nice. Like, so Campeche is like known for their fresh, uh, like little mini octopus. They're like these small yeah. octopus, right? And the, this place is like known for that. And so you get like fresh ceviche. I mean, this it's. How to, it doesn't get any better like fresh corn it's all chips fresh. oh dude that I mean, sounds awesome yeah and then you come home and you're like I don't want to eat that you know what I mean yeah it's totally like that it's a little lodge and once she shuts the gate behind you you're in there you're locked in you know you're all safe and whatever and okay so it's great yeah it's, so okay so she hooks you up with breakfast and then you like mm-hmm. where, where, what happens after that so you get up you throw down a little grub then you go into his shuttle you know the shuttles and you maybe like 30-45 minutes out from the lodge onto the main ocean where his boats are, right? And you uh-huh. get on the, I mean, the guy's just sitting there waiting for you. I mean, they yeah. have their poles like, come on, we've, been, wait, we've been waiting. Yeah, let's uh, truck up, let's go. And if they're waiting for Dane, they're waiting a while. Uh, a minute or two. And <laughs> so they so get you, you, they get you, you in there and you. Yeah, you throw your junk on and, yep. and let's go, boys. And uh-huh. I mean, he hits the. How long does it take to get to the fishing spot? Well, most of the time I take a nap, uh, but. Uh, Is it like an hour? 45 45 minutes okay yeah. and, and that's because you're getting from the put in basically for people who don't know like ocean stuff like the put in right and then you go like 45 minutes to the mangroves and all of a sudden he's like okay and he pulls a pole out and he's like pulling you into these like 
we're, we're going into that, you know, because it's this mangrove canopy of just like covered mm-hmm. gnarly. Like you can't see anything in there. All you know is there's dark things in there mm-hmm. and there's caiman and snakes and weird things that I, I, you know, don't bite me. Right. Yeah. He pulls you in there and like, you'll hear one, you'll hear a caiman splash and like this gnarly, mm-hmm. what the heck is that? He's all, it's Game stuff in. that could eat Dean. Game in. <laughs> he, but it doesn't freak them out. They're so used to it. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, you guys got came. And, you know, one day <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting on the boat and I look over and I go, is that a shark? And he's all, ah, shark. No, yeah. no, no worries. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to even touch that thing. You know, throw it to it. I'm like, no. It's a baby shark. <laughs> it just, it's a trip. It's an ancient. It's, it still is. Okay, kind so, of so he pull, pulls you in there. Yeah, and then. Okay, so then you got what kind of, what size rods? You're, you're throwing eight weights, right? Okay, and it's, then what kind of flies? Uh, oh, man. Well, you got your uh, tarpon toads and, and et cetera, you know, your basic tarpon flies, right? Uh-huh. Uh, white chartreuse, black purple, okay. black death, et cetera. And made out of what? Stuff. F- uh, feathers, marabou, you know. Marabou and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay so. The typical you, stuff you know. All you right. We all know. So are you guys using sinking lines or floating lines or? Uh, floating, floating lines. So the yeah. flies are kind of just subsurface. Yeah, they, they just sink. They just sink down like maybe a foot or two once they get wet. You know, they kind okay. of the weight in the hook and stuff. Okay, like so that. he's got and you. Strip, 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 strip. Okay, so you're casting next to the mangroves or at the mangroves, so and then you're, you're, letting you're it stripping. You're, you're sight fishing basically because once he once he pulls you in there, like it'll turn. It has these little like rivers that kind of go back up in there, and then mm-hmm. it'll just bulb out into like a big pool, right? And there'll be like pods of like twenty you know, 15 to 30, 20, whatever it is, just kind of, they're just like stuck in there. Not stuck, they're just chilling. You know what I mean? It's crazy. And they're just like doing circles. And he's like, they're right there. Just throw them. Oh, okay. And it sounds stupid and easy, but it's not as easy as it looks. I mean, you're side fishing for them, but if they even see you, if you spook one, they're all gone. Kind of like a carp would do, you know, you spook one, they're all their history. mm -hmm. So my buddy, Tyler, shout out Tyler. You're the worst fucking fly caster <laughs> I've ever seen. He, well, he blew up. I don't know how many pulls for us yeah. man, just because he was he slapping the water. You know what okay. I mean? You gotta, you gotta be, you kind of gotta okay. have your things in a row a little bit there. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh baby tarpon fishing mm-hmm. in Campeche. So um, hopefully we're going to be doing that in November. Yeah. I hope we are. Yeah. But that'd be amazing. Well, I've already contacted go? him. So let's, let's go. Let's, let's, let's figure go. it out. Boys. Let's go. Yeah. Where's your pasaporte? Okay. I beat you to it. Do you have one? <laughs> <laughs> See? I'm on a microphone, guys. Okay, so I want to ask uh, each one of you guys, what's the, what's the craziest uh, fishing story that you guys can think of, if any? Um, and, you know, like what happened, um, that sort of thing. Can you ready? Jeez. Go Chiaki. Yeah. Jeez, Ooh, I, what a I question! Yeah, get up here, any, I can't think right. of anything. Really, nothing I'll, in Montana at all, or nothing. Something crazy? Um, no, I, I can't think of anything. It, it's been pretty. Uh, <laughs> you can think of something. I know of one hey, you can think of. I've caught and released two chalkies before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, uh, what the, what the, about on the Clark Fork? Anything <laughs> crazy happened on the Clark Fork that you can remember? Some oh. guide was rowing you down and went through a rapid or I've something? I've been there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I so, okay. Find okay. Remind okay. you. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So what was it? It was, it was Quinn's Rapid. 
uh, on the Clark Fork in Montana, mm-hmm. uh, just outside of St. Regis. And Guy was rowing us, and I was in the back, and uh, Bob <laughs> was in the front. And we, we, were, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were going through these rapids. And all of a sudden, we're, we're just kind of just cruising through the rapids, and all of a sudden I hear Guy say, all Mm-hmm. And <laughs> sugar honey iced tea yeah and and there were these two big waves and the second wave we the boat just shot up uh we were doing straight up straight up uh bob was in the front he was literally over me on top of me vertical. He, he was vertical Bro, we, yeah. we were doing wheelies yeah. Yeah. yeah we were doing wheelies down the rapids <laughs> And, and, <laughs> and the water was coming in over my legs, and I was at the very back. Half the and, boat filled up with water. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and one of the, the guys that up. went down before us, he was saying uh, 90% of the boat was just straight up. Yeah. Uh, and it was just insane. Uh, Bob yeah. was 10 feet above me. Yeah. I mean, directly above me, and water was coming in lucky over my play. legs. Oh, and that's scary. It I mean, was a fun time. Yeah, yeah but spooky. So the so <laughs> he didn't tell the part. So we, we got up to the top of the the rapids, and the outfitter we hadn't been wearing life jackets the whole t- the whole time. <laughs> I'm and shaking then, my head, guys. I'm and, shaking my head. Right, and we hadn't worn life jackets because it's like class zero, basically the whole Clark Fork is, and then there's this one rapid, and then he pulls over to the side. Oh, you guys might want to put on a life jacket, and we're like. Oh. Okay, so we all put on life jackets and everything, and then he didn't go to explain that his son had flipped the drift boat the last time he went through there, <coughs> and and uh, had dropped a couple of clients mm. and lost all the gear and everything. So he didn't he didn't tell that and tell that to us until after I rode through there. I, I, I think I've been through that rapid. <laughs> yeah, you have. I know I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been through that same, same spot. Yeah. Narnar. Yeah, back in the day. Uh-huh. So what about you, Sergio? Anything pretty crazy? You know I have crazy stories to tell you about the yeah. river, but... Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Jeez, I don't, I don't know, crazy fishing stories? Yeah, anything crazy like yeah. that. Sergio's uh, got the gnarliest stories out of anybody, yeah, probably. Yeah, really yeah, tell yeah, you guys sure. about those stories, though. Yeah. Uh, I think... One of the craziest times on the Kern, I think it was actually about two years ago, we had a really, really, um, actually it was in August, a lot of the lake fish were coming up oh, into nice. the river. In August? In August, How's yeah. That? What'd that be like? Yeah, and uh, we were throwing just big white streamers, and it was pretty crazy because it looked like you were in the ocean, and all the trout were hitting all these little bait fish. It looked like tuna. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. That. No kidding. That was about two years ago, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, it was it was the big last big water year. Yeah. Last big water year there. And uh, we were actually just talking about that, Derek and I, and that was a pretty crazy that was pretty a crazy time. That and was it, a beautiful it was year. it was only like two or three weeks that that happened mm. and yeah. then it just shut off. It was amazing. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing. A lot of those big fish sure. did make it up river, but uh and they went back down. Um jeez. That's a, that's a good one. What about you, Dane? Were they treble hooked? No, they weren't trouble hooked. They were caught and released, just like Chucky. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, gnarliest? Yeah, like, would anything? be back to Tyler, my buddy. In Alaska, my buddy and Tyler and I, we were floating with this guy, and he was pretty green, right? He was younger, and 
whatever. I mean, we're young guys too, so you know, Tim Farbro, we'll take you. Cool. He's behind the boat, like hanging on to it, and I'm in front center console, you know, jet boat, right? Right, John boat, jet boat, uh, whatever. And I go, there's a tree in the middle of the river. Well, he didn't know because yesterday, yesterday he was there. Yeah, it was fine, right? Well. Freaking tree had fallen across the river and he didn't know it. And he's behind us floating in his waders, like hanging on to it, like, kind of like a drag. And he goes, what? And he looks over and he goes, oh, help me up. Well, I'm trying to help him up, all, all of me. And he's soaking wet, so I can't really get him all the way. We get wedged underneath that tree and this boat is oh. going like this. And it's, oh. it's going under, That's dude. scary, man. The center console got ripped out. Oh um, yeah, yay. Homeboy says deuces and jumps and bails on us. <laughs> Your guide? Yes. <laughs> Classic. I'm looking at Tyler and Tyler's looking at me, he's like, is this normal? I go, no. <laughs> and homeboy has a rope in his hand. He's like, here, John Wayne style or whatever. Grab a hold and throws That's it funny. and we get it. And we got it out of there, but I was I was really spooked out because I mean we were gonna sink that boat for a one hundred percent, right? In his in the guide's mind, it was a goner. We get it out, and so Tyler just bench-pressed or, like, leg-pressed this log out of the way, and I clear all the debris, and foom, we sunk underneath it and sweep out, right? You guys are lucky, man. Oh, it was, it was gnarly. He left us on there, and homeboy was on the bank. I'm, I'm uh, cringing the, over here. He was on the bank. <laughs> he was on the bank watching, it's like. a sweeper. Your guide? Sw- uh, yeah, yeah 100% sweeper. sweeper. Exactly 100%. Yikes. And homeboy's all. Good good on you guys. Yeah. And he's got a rope in his hand. Uh, I'll pull you to the bank, you know. He gets us, gets in the boat. We get out of that little channel back into the main river, and he pulls over on the bank. He goes, do you guys mind if I have a pop? And, you know, we're like, like, what? Like a Coke? Like a, we didn't know, like pop of what? Like a pop of whiskey? What are you talking about? You know what I mean? <laughs> he goes, can I have a pop, like a soda pop? And we're like, oh, dude, you're, you're way northern. We don't talk like that. Like, you mean like a Coke, right? Exactly. Like a Pepsi, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, he sits on the bank, and I'm not kidding you. He popped that top. And his hands, he was spilling half of it because he was yeah, shaking, shaking so yeah. He was freaked out. And Tyler and I were just fishing again. Like, we didn't, eh, whatever, you know, it's not our boat. Yeah, Sarah Cox was wrecked, right? And I asked him, I go, are you okay? And he goes, no. And I go, what do you mean no? He goes, I, I already wrote the boat off, A. How do I get you guys back to the lodge, B? Uh, we're in bear country. Like, he was naming all these things in his mind of, like, oh, my God, this is yeah. going south. And it didn't happen. And he goes. He's tripping. If, he was tripping. And he goes, if it wouldn't have been for you two guys, like, that. Saving our boat. That would have been bad. I would have been fired. Like, yeah. all these things. If it had been, like, the, you know, the, the, the let's just say the 75-year-old guy getting his bucket list fish off of his list, right? You know what I mean? If that had been the client that day, K.O call it done it's <laughs> sunk homeboys fired dude might be drowned at dead like it was scary man it was freaking scary uh-huh. it, it really Yikes. made me respect water boating your no, gear yeah. having all your stuff where it needs to be they really opened my eyes it really did that yeah. freaked me out that scared the crap out of me yeah. <laughs> do you remember i think i was with you do you remember those those dudes that um we were on the lower kern and um, we were putting in, and uh, and then we saw these guys like running down with their like, I think it was a kayak or something like that. And he was like running down with his kayak, and they were like trying to get ahead of us 
on the lower current so they could fish the water before us. Yeah, there was three kayaks. Oh, was there? I already know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, and um, and so we put in, you know, we're just all slow, just time. taking our time, having yeah, a good time. Yeah. And we come down this rapid, and this one dude had wrapped his his kayak and it was like folded in half around this boulder and we're just it like it looked like a capital v and we're like we're just rowing by like uh, okay the worst part yeah, was yeah. we had to go we had we had to go the one direction to to you know because the rapids are on the one side yeah. so we had to avoid that well they tried to as well and so where they had wrapped it up was on that calm water remember yeah. and so they had ropes and yeah. stuff tied off. Oh, and they to were it. trying to pull it off. Trying to pull it out, yeah. and you and I had to go underneath those ropes with our boats and our rods and all of our junk, and we, both of us pirouetted through it like yeah. nobody's business. And it was like, well, that worked out pretty good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how'd that happen? And they're yeah. just like looking at us, scratching their heads, going, well, "There they go. How come we can't do that? Yeah. Well, don't take kayaks down the Kern River. <laughs> I hate to say, then that section, yeah, on that yeah. section yeah. for sure, one hundred percent for sure. Well, I got. Uh, you know, some, uh, a story, I got a couple, I got a couple stories, but one, one story that I was guiding mm. and, um, it's when I had a boat on Isabella and, uh, we were going to fish for the, you know, we have salmon in Isabella, you know, so we were going to the mouth of the North Fork and this was years ago. And so this guy gets in my boat and, and, uh, we're cruising out and we're, we're all the way basically in the mouth you know where my house is we're almost um, basically almost to my house right? high water year definitely yeah high water year the lake was mm -hmm. really high and so uh we're kind of in that zone fishing and everything and he's all hey man uh <laughs> hey man uh i gotta um i gotta go to the bathroom and i'm like okay <laughs> well no, but number, number. <laughs> you know just like friday the movie number one or number two <laughs> and uh, he's all number two and we're I'm like, three. okay, we're out of here, dude. He's, he's all, I, dude, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. And I'm like, all right, we're, we're out of here. Turk, take my boat full throttle to Camp 9. Mm, get to the dock. I didn't make it. No. <laughs> so, yeah. It was, Poor guy it was did not dookie good. dookie. Yeah, yeah. Hey, all right, man. So that, that, was, that was kind of an interesting uh, ride. It's Back kind of funny, shop. but, you know, if you were the dude, <laughs> I'm pretty sure oh, it wasn't. It was it's, terrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, that that was a, a horrible thing. Another, another that's it. That that's, was that's it. Your... Well, yeah, there's more after that, but we'll leave it at that. Really? Yeah. I'm putting them on blast in the podcast here. <laughs> this, this was 20 years ago, so I don't even remember who that how the, who that was. That poor poor gentleman. Yeah. Any other stories? I can't think of any. Do I need to remind you again, Jack? Okay. Yeah. Really. Remind me again. Really? I'm getting kind of old. <laughs> the, the elderly Japanese man, right? <laughs> Any other stories you guys can think of? Are you guys? Oh, I've got. You know, you know he mentioned Alaska, and uh, a couple of buddies and I, we just went to Alaska. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. These guys have never fished before. Uh, my two uh, search and rescue buddies that went with us, and uh, you know, it was cool. We, we did two guided trips. The first guided trip we did was at our Cooper's Landing. Uh, shout out to Dave. And yeah. uh, Cooper's Landing. Yeah. 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 They both caught fish, which was so cool because I'm like, please just let them catch fish. I don't want to catch fish. You know, just let them catch fish. Yeah. And the second trip that we did was kind of an impromptu trip we did out of, jeez, uh, I can't even think of the name. Talkeetna. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, you told me that. And Talkeetna. poor dude. I think the guide, you know, we were there early in the season and I don't think he was really guided that much. And. Kind of like mm -hmm. what Dane was talking about, and 
you know, being in search and rescue, you kind of know a lot of the hydraulics in, in the river, know about the hazards and stuff like that. And some of those areas we were going through, I was in the back of the boat. My heart rate was like at a thousand. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, dude, you're supposed to be doing this. And you're not. You're not doing that. <laughs> what do I need to do? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. And later on, I found out that, you know, it was probably one, it was his for one of his first guided, guiding trips, which, you know, Got to give the guy a little credit, but uh, it was kind of sketchy as hell. Yeah, I was knocking on the guy that day, but he was like 18 years old probably, and, you know, his first few, yeah. probably his first season or whatever, you know, I got this. and yeah. Well, you didn't have it that day. I mean, every, yeah. every day you got to have it, right? I mean, you can't just slack off one day because that's the day you jack up mega. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? No. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Nevertheless, we caught some fish. I think this was Montana Creek. We were fishing in Alaska. And good stuff. Good stuff. Were you using nice. flesh flies? Y- you know what? I was using, uh, we were using white. Soft tackle boogers. pheasant tail. I wish we had. You know what? I probably would have caught more fish had yeah, I had right, those soft right. tackle pheasant tails, but yeah. we didn't have them there. So but, uh, as, a, as the Kern River Fly Shop pros, what is your all-time favorite fly? that you could ever use. We'll start with Chiaki. I don't even know what Sergio, oh. past Sergio, but go ahead, Chiaki. You know, as far as fishing the oh, current, yeah. I think most most of the people know it's it's a uh, rubber-legged number 12 uh, yellow stimulator. Oh, yep. the old yep. yellow. Yeah. Okay. Chiaki loves the top water stuff. Yep. That's my Chiaki's dude right there, bro. Yep. That's, you, you, orange, yellow, yeah, same difference. Okay, and... Mm-hmm. and Sergio? Yeah, and you guys already know. The beadhead <laughs> soft tackle pheasant tail. Okay. You know, that year round, year That's after year. That's your favorite that fly. That is my of go to fly. Letting the cat out of the bag for everyone out there. That's a, that's a good one. How I'd about take, you, I, Dane? I take mine back. Actually, I, here, Still? where at? Yeah, actually, on the current. Like, on the current. On the current? Okay, yeah. so my answer is his answer, basically. <laughs> Montana, hoppers. Yeah, okay. An I, overlooked, just, I just love throwing fat stuff. Okay. Big, An big overlooked fly here on the Kern. You, 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 the stoneflies, man. Really yeah. big stoneflies. Mm. Yeah. True. Yeah. That's True. always really good to go with, too. So, so. so this last year, uh, Dane and I fished above the bridge, and so did you, Sergio, mm. with, with us. And in, in my opinion, I don't think that that area has fished that good in years. I mean, it was pretty darn amazing. We caught some big fish up there. Did you go up there at all, Chiaki? No. No, you didn't? I didn't. It was amazing, don't you think? It was awesome. It was amazing above the Johnsondale Bridge in the wild trout section. Um, At the time we were fishing, it was catch and release only. Um, Barb's hooks up there, Mm -hmm. of course. Mm -hmm. But the the quality of the fish, the amount of fish. Top um, notch. Unbelievable. White fins and, and, you know, for someone who hasn't got their that off their, you know, book, yeah. you know, a wild Kern River, you know, bow yeah. come up. It, it was pretty, right there, dude. it was pretty amazing. You know. So, um, right now, like I, I was saying before, you know, uh, we just got to get through August yeah. and get yeah. through August. And then the first two weeks of, uh, September, the, usually the water temperature and the air, air temperature comes down and everything starts to kind of turn on again. And then we have, uh, that, that's another reason why we waited until October to do the CFFO. Yeah. Give it a few more weeks, let the water temperatures cool, cool down, down. Mm-hmm. before we uh, decide to do a tournament out there. So I'm going to put you on the spot. When are you going to advertise the uh, California Fly Fishing <laughs> Open in the California Fly Fishing Magazine, bro? 
It's just I, a little. I, what's going on with that? A little old corner, bro. <laughs> I, I, I'm back working. Page. Just like I'm, a little four by four little or back something. Page four by four, bro. <laughs> I'm working with Annalise on okay. that, and hopefully soon. Okay. Uh, Going to be working on it tomorrow afternoon. Uh-huh. And oh, oh, really? Again, it's, cra- it's crazy putting these events on and working with these events. You oh, know, totally. being the VP and Jackie yeah. being the president here. Yeah. It's crazy it's the amount stuff. of stuff that that goes on behind the scenes for a lot of stuff. So. Big kudos out to Chiaki for being yeah. you know, president salute, of the on that one. And, you know, Thank like you. I said, you know, being a Kern River Fly Shop Pro and being selfless, all three of you guys, you know, it's it's pretty amazing. Um, appreciate all your guys, what you guys do for the river, um, what you do for the community and all that sort of stuff. So I got Ch- Chiaki, Harami, Sergio Martinez, and Dane Varner here. Um, thanks, you guys, for being here. Super stoked for you guys. Thanks for having, Thanks us. For having us, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Good job, you guys. Muchas gracias, Chico Pantalones. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.